Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luang, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. We are going to share together from the Word. We are teaching on a series, The Sower Sowed the Word. We started three weeks ago on the sower sows the word, and we looked at the seed that fell by the wayside. The disciples came to Jesus in the book of Mark chapter 4, and they said to him, Master, we do not understand. And Jesus said to them, these things you are supposed to understand. However, he explained to them. Now here we read, it says, now it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it. If you go to verse, I think, 7 and 8 and 9, it explains or, uh, 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 around there. Can we turn? Verse 14 and 15. Verse 14 and 15. Verse 15. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And here, the wayside, the Bible tells us that Satan immediately comes and steals. In other words, demonic powers, spirit of wickedness, they come and steal. And they take away that which was sown in the hearts of people. We spoke about the wayside Christian. We said the birds of the air are able to pick them up. Or these people who come to church who are not rooted and grounded in anything, the seed is exposed Therefore, they are not covered, and so uh, the base of the air are easy to pick them up. They are easily picked. They have not died to themselves. The book of John, chapter 12, verse 24, says, unless a kernel of wheat falls down and die. So you can come to church and never learn anything. You can come to church dressed very nicely, but the words that we speak, they don't affect or form or help to form your life. So this is the challenge that we come to church to be changed. But the wayside Christian, Jesus saying, these are the ones that come to church. They hear the word, but they never change because they never allowed themselves to be covered. And we spoke about that they remain a single cord. The Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. In other words, they don't fellowship. They don't work with anyone they work by themselves. And this is part and parcel of the difficulty of a wayside Christian. You've got people who come to church, but their behavior will shock you. You will even wonder. We've heard people say, if he's a Christian, then I am the Pope. In other words, if, if our morality comes from this one, then, then I'm better. I should be the Pope because I don't do the things they do. Uh, number two. You are not a bad seed or a shriveled seed. That's when we were teaching on a bad seed and a shriveled seed. We said a shriveled seed is a seed that is sown in a moist, moist ground, but there's no rain. So the moisture starts the process of germination. The person has a promise, but because there's a lack of water, germination starts and it stops. The seed is spoiled. And even if it rains later, there is no maturity or growth. Uh, so sometimes 
we have to look at ourselves. Why do we do what we do? Do we do what we do to grow? Or we are just doing it to mark the register that I, I've come. We said, be the seed of honor. The wayside Christian appear to be mature, humble, quiet. But in truth, they are critical. They attack the church. They attack the leadership. And they have a short memory of the good done for them. And we spoke about the seed that fell by the wayside. That the wayside is, is a hardened heart. Where somebody, because they have experienced bad experience somewhere, when they come here, they come in with their bad experience and they never change or transform. And we said, the wayside Christian has grown in the church and believes is mature because of their long, uh, not service, but their long stay in the church. In the school, we used to say, you had this big guy who will say to you, you found me here and you leave me here. Forgetting that he needs to reach grade 12, but he will be stuck in grade 1 and telling everybody else, uh, you found me here and you will leave me here. And sometimes we have Christians like that who are in church, but they are never growing, persecuting everybody else, uh, enjoying themselves. And then the following week we spoke about that the reason why the wayside Christians don't grow, they do not believe in the prophet. The Bible says believe in the prophet and you will prosper. Believe in his prophet, you will prosper. Secondly, we say honor your leaders, honor your prophet, honor your, your, your pastors, and God will honor you because the scripture expects you to do that. Be submitted uh, to the leadership. We have cells in the church. We have got shepherds, people who are taking care. We have got deacons, people who are taking care of our soul. So we need to submit ourselves to them. Even if we think we know more, we need to do so. And then lastly, we said, uh, we do this because we do not believe in the spiritual, uh, spiritual father. And sometimes this is part and parcel of the difficulty that we go through as a people. I want us to look at the message today that we are teaching. We are teaching on the sower sows the weed. And we are teaching on the weed that fell by the stony place. May your heart not be a stone this morning. In the name of Jesus. Why, why do we teach what we teach? The book of John chapter 17 verse 12. John 17 verse 12. It says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So here we learn that Jesus had his twelve. Who was taking care of the 12 disciples is giving account to God. He doesn't say the 5,000, the 3,000 you gave me. He's talking about the 12 that God gave to him. He says, I've lost none except the one for the scriptures to be fulfilled. And here, our main focus, why we teach on the, the sower so is the word, that you do you, you not get lost on the way. You don't become a stubborn Christian on the wayside who never learns anything. Number two, you do not become a stony Christian who's half-hearted, committed to the work that we are doing. And this is my challenge to you. So when you read the book of Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, it says, Some fell on a stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. 
So all of us, we can wither away when we are not fully grounded and rooted in the scriptures. We can be easily deceived and fall prey to falsehood and we think we have a church. We think we are the children of God. And that's why Jesus was saying, one day when we arrive in heaven, we'll be saying, some of us might say, Lord, I used to do this or that in your name. And the Lord will say, I don't know you. I never knew you. You never did anything for me. And this is part and parcel of the difficulty. Now, the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 16 and 7, it says, These, likewise, are the ones sown on the stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive with gladness. There are some of us, when we hear the word, we are very excited. We receive the word with gladness. But immediately after that, verse 17, it gives us an assessment and says, and have no root in themselves. Even though they were excited, they are not fully rooted and grounded. And so endure, but for a minute. In other words, life challenges and difficulties, when they come into your life, it's then that we realize what material you are made of. Are you really the person who's fully grounded and rooted, or you are shallow? Can you ask your neighbor, are you shallow? Are you a shallow Christian? You know, a shallow Christian, when you go to the village and you have livestock, the goats and the chickens, they eat, they drink water right at the edge. The goat will go up to, you know, just below their knee. That's dirty water. But they will be drinking with thanksgiving. But if you want water, clear water, you will have to go slightly where the river is flowing, strong, uh, the rubble and whatever has been cleared. You know, when we went to Jerusalem, uh, when you go to the Jordan, Jordan River is very silt. It's full of uh, mud, like the muddy water. So you understand when the Syrian was saying, why should I be baptized in this water? If we put you inside, when you take you out, the the muddy part remains on you. You have to take a shower and put on Vaseline or a lotion on yourself. So the saying here is true. It says they have no root in themselves. So they endure just for a, for a moment. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now you have to understand that there are people who come to church. By the time you came, you're already offended. And if you are offended now, you came offended. I'm going to give you an example of things that can offend you in the church. One is the song they sing. You might not like the song. So you might be very offended already. Number two, the way they are dressed, those who sing, and the children were dancing here in their jeans. It says if you don't put on a jean, you say, ah, in the church, can they dress? You are self-righteous. So already you are offended to say, eh, they are dancing in the gym, in the church. Ha! I'm offended, isn't it? What else can offend you? The pastor. Isn't it? The pastor can say something that you don't like. But when you came, you came already what? Offended. All of us are offended. There's something that is not right. We, we just help to ignite it. Already there, you are, you, you are waiting for us to light the fuse then we will know 
who you are. That's why people say, I'll give you a piece of my mind. Because already they came already offended. May you not be offended this morning in the name of Jesus. Now don't forget, we are teaching that we do not become the wayside Christian. We are teaching that we don't become a rocky Christian. And next week come, we'll talk about the bushy Christian. Those are the very interesting people. Most of us are bushy. Can you tell your neighbor, most of us are bushy Christians. Yeah, we are in the dark alleys of life. We are, we are in church. You know, these ones are easy. They, these ones are stubborn. The wayside guy, he tells you, I don't believe. Somebody said, I think KB is here. Uh, there is a, KB was a teacher at the time. There is a young man who said to KB, I don't believe in Pastor Vincent. I don't know if he remembers. You know, as the person was giving them hard time, him and Charles. This is a student. I, I, it's not a pastor. To me, it's not a pastor. But it's in church. I don't know if you get it. A person who comes already offended. You can't help them. Matters somebody. So we don't want you to be a wayside. They are easy. The wayside, they are not covered. They will tell you, I don't believe anything. I believe in Jesus. Listen, you are wasting your time. How can you believe in Jesus you don't know? You have never seen. How can you say you love with God you don't know and you have no respect for your parents? So, we are not impressed. Hallelujah. The second group is the one we are talking about today and I pray the main reason here is that we don't become the wayside Christian, a stony Christian and a bushy, a bushy Christian. The year is starting. So, we are saying let's start well. Make a commitment. I'm going to grow. I'm going to mature. Hallelujah. If you are getting married, make the decision. I'm getting married. And I'm choosing this one man, this one girl. Is that fine? Then leave others alone. And then enjoy the choice you have made. Hallelujah. Uh, with a big eye, big lips. Enjoy it. Hallelujah. And leave us who don't have lips at all. Somebody was saying, some of us is like, the lips were finished. God just came with the razor and cut the opening. And that's it. Leave us that way. Is that fine? But don't make it an issue. May the Lord bless you. Okay, a few things. Number one, the stony people, the stony Christians are half-hearted and give partial commitment. They are half-hearted and they give partial. They, 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 they are there, but they are not there. They are happy when things start. Listen, um, some years ago, it's just a thought that came. When we started multiple services, the reason why we do multiple services is to give people convenience. We discovered we have more people by allowing people to come at the time that most suits them than to try and say to people, we have a service at 10 o'clock. And then all the morning people who are starting at work at 9, we have already cut them out. And when we say we have an evening service, there are people, members of our church, who are already at work, as we are talking now. But they will be available in the evening, they will be very happy to come. So when we started the evening, these multiple services we are doing, we invited guest ministers, song, song people, people who can sing. I think for about, was it two months or so, or, or, or almost three months. So every second week, we had somebody to come and sing. We had somebody well known. Because we're changing times. We wanted people to be aware. 
We had uh, 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 stony Christians who come. If you tell them so and so is coming, they will leave their church because they are wayside Christian and they are stony Christian. They will come and say, hey, there's something new. Let's go and see. But they are not necessarily with you. I don't know if you get it. They are not your people. We usually say, when I teach on church growth in other places, I say, a crowd doesn't make a church. We don't measure the church by the number of people who attend the church on Sunday. You will be deceived. You will be deceived. Because if you measure that way, if today we say Benny Hinn is coming, we'll have no place to put anyone here. Let me tell somebody. I mean, there was a time we had a guest speaker. We had people who usually don't come to our church. They came. They were sitting down. They were saying, amen. They were making all the noise. And I realized this speaker, they know. They travel with this speaker everywhere. But they are not fully grounded and rooted because they are not serious Christians. These are people who are excited for a season. So here we see there's a partial commitment. They don't give themselves fully. They are happy when things start, but they do not have the inner strength to stay on. They lack longevity and stay in power. They will not stay. There are people who get married in the morning, in the evening, they divorce. Now it's true. They are excited when they get married. They want the whole world to come. They'll have a helicopter, they'll have aeroplane landing, they'll have, I mean, the circus. Everything will be there. Spend so much money, and when they finish, they tell you, no, it doesn't work because. They have achieved what they wanted to do. Their marriage is appearing on the newspaper. It's, on the, it's a documentary, My Perfect Wedding. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's the best wedding of the year. You know, all of those things, that's the things they, they want to do. But you have to have a, a power to stay. They lack vision, therefore they cast off restraint. They start things, but they never complete what they start. This is a serious sickness even in our community where people start and they are never able to complete what they start. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. May the Lord give you the heart of a lion in the name of Jesus. May you be as bold as a lion in the name of Jesus. The Bible teaches us, says, Some fell on the rocky place. And immediately it sprang up, but because of lack of depth, it died. So my challenge to you, they received the word with gladness. When the word is spoken, every time people come and say, Pastor, I'm coming to stay. I'm, I've, come, I've come to the church to stay. I know. This, this one is not going to stay. Early promises. Can you tell your neighbor early promises? Yeah, be very careful of those who make early commitment. You know, they say, oh, I've come. You know, there's no church like this. You know, they are lying. <laughs> there's no church like this. This is the best church. Uh, two weeks after they tell them, sorry, prophet, sorry, so has come. You are looking for them. You know, many years ago, as a young pastor, I was still very young, Dr. Miles Monroe came to South Africa. He used to come. And uh, my church was young. I think we were like three, four months old. I had about 20 members at the time. So I took all my members naively. I said to all of them, come, let's go. So we packed them in the cars. We went to Hetfield 
Christian church at the time. That's when Dr. Mas was speaking. So we listened. Then he moved to Sochanguve, TUT, Sochanguve. Uh, we, we, I took my people there. Saturday night, while I was preparing for Sunday, I remembered. I've been taking my people everywhere Miles is. And Miles tomorrow is in another church. I wonder if my people uh, are going to come. <laughs> so I was worried. Yeah, they, are they shallow that much that they will not come. They will choose to attend Dr. Miles. And we won't believe. The following day, Sunday morning, my people, my 20 people were sitting down. And they were very happy. I thought our church was coming out at 12. We came out and I told them 3 o'clock or in the evening, he's preaching at such a place. I'm picking you up again and then we are going. And I realized I have people who are fully committed. Can you tell your neighbor, you must be fully committed. So you must receive with gladness of heart. You must receive the word with gladness of heart. The, the book of Acts 17, 11, it talks about a group of Christians who were mature. It says these were fair-minded than the Thessalonica uh, in, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scripture daily to find out whether these things were so. With you, you believe everything that the man of God says. I mean, I had, I've had things that people will be asked, take off your panty. In the church, people will take off their panties. Say, where did you read it in the Bible? Where? Tell your neighbor, are you, are you, are you fine? Are you okay? <laughs> Search the scriptures. When we teach here, take your Bible. Go and read it at home. Don't just be gullible. And then tomorrow you say, I was deceived. No, you were deceived is true. But the scripture is there to guide you. Hallelujah. The Bible says this one were not gullible like the Thessalonians. And in that they received the word of God with all readiness. They were willing. They searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. You must be grounded in the word to grow and not to fall. Most people will be disappointed because they believe in what we say. People will be quoting what the pastor is saying, not quoting the verse or the Bible. They don't even know where it is. I can just come with my own proverbs and whatever, throw them so many times in the church, you end up saying, and the Bible says. And it's just the sayings. So you have the right, the scriptures read. Don't be a Facebook uh, and, uh, and a smartphone Christian. You search, you do things on, on search. No, your mind, you must read the scriptures to understand. You must quote the verses. Maybe we should start the program of saying every Sunday, quote five verses. And don't quote John 3, 16. Is that five? For God so loved the world, because all of us is our theme verse, isn't it? So they received the word with gladness. Let us receive the word with gladness. Let us search the scriptures uh, so that we remain solid and grounded in the word. So, but when, when you just get happy when you are here in the crowd, then you are too simple. You are a simple person who's easily deceived. This, the other part is that the, the kind... They stay close to create confusion. You have, you have people who come, they do not want 
commitment, but they want to stay around. Have you seen people like that? They'll say, no, I have a church somewhere. You know, I've, I've, I had a guy like that who used to say he has a church somewhere. And I met his pastor. You know, accidental. You are in the wedding somewhere, and then you realize, oh, they say pastors decide. We sit together on the table, and the pastor, we start to talk, and I realize he's the pastor of the person who's my member, who has been saying he's committed at home, so he's sending his tithes back home. So we're talking with the pastor. You, can I tell you where the person was coming from? For your sake, I will not tell. Maybe you will discover who I'm talking about. And I said to the pastor, oh, you are the pastor? So he says, yeah, oh, you are, I say, yes. And I said, oh, this guy is not committed in the church. You know, he likes, he wants to sing, he wants to do this, but uh, he's not committed. He says, he's tithe and whatever they are going home. The pastor says, he, he doesn't come. Even if he's coming home, he's not coming to our church. So I knew that day that there is a crook here. He stays close, but he, he wants all the benefits but he doesn't want to give his commitment. May the Lord have mercy. He wants all, it's like the modern boy in the city who's sleeping with girls but doesn't want to marry. Yeah, he wants all the benefits. He wants what? All the benefits. The girl, the girl washes the clothes, eyes, with Rilemosad, you know. The guy is watching you. Uh, one, 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 one friend of us is a pastor. He says, his friend, this, they went, before they got born again, they were in a drinking spot. You know, it was like a party or something. They were drinking and eating. And then the girl, who was the girlfriend, this friend of mine is married at the time. He was married already. He says, the girl came and packed the plates and whatever, you know, just being nice to clear the place. And when he stood up, this friend, male friend to my friend said, this girl is too serious. I'm not. Yes, I'm not. She's, she has made herself my wife. Uh, you know. You have made yourself your wife. In Sunnyside, they left the girl here. They went home to get married. It was before WhatsApp and Facebook. <laughs> While she was holding the fort in Sunnyside, somebody was playing Lobola at home. And the friends phoned and said, Hey, do you know? You'll suffer a heart attack while you are 21. They stay close in order to create confusion. You, you see, the stony people, they are not rooted in anything. One of the things that surprised me, I have, I have a member in the UK who was listening to Facebook, you know, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube preachers. So they criticized the tithe, they criticized the men of God. They, so I was listening to them and he started to argue and post things. And I said to the, to the guy, you know, you are listening to fools, people who have failed in life. Let them prove to you what they've done. One of them has been chased from his country. I said, the guy has lost reputation. So in his bitterness, God is coming out of him. So the things he's teaching are ideas and human wisdom. Because he's so broken Yes, it's a successful person, but it's, it's broken. It's a broken person. So you can't, you can't be half committed and think you will listen. It's like in our day when these televangelists were starting, people were saying, oh, I'll be home. My church is on TV. I had a, a man that I knew. 
He was talking about one preacher from America. He says, that is my pastor. I send my tithe there. I told him, I said, it's, it's good you are not in my church. I, I will not minister to you. I will chase you out of the church. I said, when you have problem, you must call your pastor in America. Yes, and talk to him. Because you are not rooted and grounded in anything. You are not maturing. You are just looking for popularity. Oh, my pastor is Pastor Vincent. But we can't talk into, into your life. Are you really serious? So these are, they create confusion. And we see this in the life of Sambalat and Tobiah who created confusion. They were jealous with the process of what is happening in the life of the church, in the life of Israel as they were building and restoring the nation. And definitely you do have people that when things are being restored, people want others to go astray. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 10. And it says, when Sanballat the Horrorite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, when they heard that the, the, the walls were being built, they were deeply disturbed that a, a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. Not all of your friends are desiring you to succeed. Not all people around you want you to do well. When I was growing up, I visited my, my, my cousins, and I did not know there was like a wedding and activity that was happening we stayed there till late, and already they have organized a girlfriend for me. Maybe I've never been there. They organized a girlfriend, so they, it was two by two, and they told me, what do you think? We think, oh, Twanela, oh. And I thought to myself, these people, I'm born again, I love Jesus. How do they think about me? It's those kinds of people who say, just a glass of wine. You know. Just, just what? Yeah. Drink it. Your testimony is gone. They will be preaching it everywhere. They will say, don't tell us about so and so. So and so is not a serious Christian. He drinks. And yet you drank one glass with them and you thought it was a secret. And it's exactly. So when they started to do two by two, I realized uh, these people will not receive my message. So I said, two by two, Say foot. I'm not. I'm not doing. Two, I'm not doing two by two. I'm going home. I have a bed. I'm going home uh, after this. May the Lord have mercy. So Sanballat and Tobiah are the shallow people who are targeting us so that we don't commit fully to anything significant and we do not become better as we are supposed. And the Bible tells us some fell by the rocky place. So make a decision to be fully grounded and rooted. And God will help you. Peter, in the book of Matthew 16, 22 to 23, Jesus was talking about going to the cross. And Peter, like a shallow person, he comes to Jesus and says, this will not happen. He says, this will not happen. Forbid it. He says there, then Peter took him up and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. There are people who feel pity. My, when, when I came full time, my father-in-law said to my wife, am I mad to come to church to live on donations? Because I was my own businessman. I was running my own things. I was doing well, helping as much as I can. And to him, he looked at it because the understanding is different. The understanding is not the same. So I want to challenge you today that be grounded and rooted in the truth. Amen. Number two, the stony ground, the stony people 
They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of, uh, thereof. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. And this is the reality of our daily life. Modern uh, 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 Christians and people, we are unable to live a great life. It says this, uh, now know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of themselves. Men shall be what? Tell your neighbor, look at yourself. You are not talking. Say to your neighbor, look at yourself. Men shall be lovers of themselves. Tell them I'm included in it. Hallelujah. Covetous, boasters, proud. Our people are proud. We, 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 we buy clothes for somebody to go and bless them with the clothes. And they say, and they are poor. And they say, who said I need clothes? Your shoes, your shoes are finished. All of us can see. Isn't it? Yes. Your shoes are finished. Your dress, King Kamila, we can see. You have washed it so many times. So we're being kind and nice to you. The person says, no. Who said I need clothes? Who said I need? We can say you need clothes. You don't have to lift up your voice when you need help. Are you not my brother? Are you not my sister? Are you saying I can't help you? Don't be proud. Blasphemers, they speak about things they don't understand. We discourage people, don't talk about pastors. Don't even say somebody's a false prophet. Unless you, you can prove it. I can give you stories of people that have been verified. For me, I always say, if you have not been verified as a preacher, you have not started. Yeah. Blasphemous, disobedient to parents. You know yourself, you are disobedient to your parents. They told you, don't marry, you still got married. <laughs> yeah, your parents will tell you, this guy is not good. Your mother is wiser than you. She, she has had so many relationships, she knows which ones don't work. And she can see it from far, that this one, this guy is going nowhere. I want to go to somebody. Somebody, I was talking to one girl, says, oh, he makes me laugh. I say, hey, <laughs> this, guy, this guy has no job. He's not working. He's lazy. Look how he dresses. He doesn't groom himself very well. With dreads that are dirty. <laughs> what you see now, you will see tomorrow. Let the guy get married. Oh, you think you are going to change him? Can I give you an advice? No one has the power to change a human being. I've seen women try to do it. I've seen men try to do it. It doesn't work. Girl, don't fool yourself and say, I'll bring him to church and make him a Christian. Even a snake, when it is winter, it hibernates. It's not like it's not dangerous. It's just it's too cold. So the guy will come here and sit very nice, lift up his hands, and give you a crocodile smile. <laughs> and then you'll come here, we'll put the ring and say, uh, do you take so and so to be your wife? <laughs> then the crocodile 
comes out. Then you'll become, Pastor, the man has changed. We tell you, sister, you brought him to church. You want him for yourself. There are brothers who do the same. Listen, you, you can't marry a figure. Figure you can't marry. Figure. Uh, ask Jane. Figure you can't marry. You have grown now. The figure is gone. Hey! <laughs> figure. You can't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Figures migrate. <laughs> there will be another young girl. That's why young girls, I always say to girls, never be deceived. Young girls are beautiful. They are innocent and sometimes naive and foolish. Yes. The attention you are getting, your mother was getting before you came. Oh, you think you are the most prettiest thing. You are not as, as pretty as your mother. Go to your mother's old pictures. Yeah. Then you realize that you are even poor. You are poorer. <laughs> as compared to... Now, I'm telling you the truth. I'm trying to help you in this regard. It says, men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. I think if we were to go to our cell phone and say, tell us what we were watching yesterday. I tell you, these cell phones, they are your evidence when you arrive in heaven. The memory will be drawing in and say, uh, this is what we were doing in secret. Without natural affection. Why boy will say, I love this one, I love this one, I love this one. He loves, he has no affection for you. Yes. He sleeps with you in the morning and you think, oh, he loves me. Yeah, you are a fool. He loves everybody else. Truth breakers, they agree. They make a pact in the morning of good, but in the evening, they, they destroy it. They say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Unforgiving, false accusers, incontingent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Verse 4. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure. Here we're not talking about going to holidays. No. Lovers of pleasure. You know lovers of pleasure. You know lovers of pleasure. You know lovers of pleasure. Yeah. When you love pleasure, you love God less. The things that we do, I always say, people forget we're young ourselves. Oh, you think you are wild. Go and investigate our history. No, no, I'm telling you the truth. Oh, you think you are wild. Go and check what we lived for. All your tricks we know. You know, there's a girl they caught. She, she, she jumped through the window and went and danced. Jika Majika in those days. And when she finished dancing, they took the, the world. The newspaper at the time was the world newspaper. Sunday world. They took pictures Saturday night. The girl was really going for it. And when she finished... She got back home early hours, jumped through the same window she jumped out with, went in, rolled the clothes that she was putting on, hid them somewhere in the house, and went deep in sleep. But the father was a newspaper guy. So early in the morning, the father went, woke up, and went to buy his Sunday World newspaper, like the Sunday Times. He came with it, 
And guess who was on the front page? <laughs> the picture was in slow motion. You could see that this is a lover of pleasure. Yeah. Sunday morning, the father's looking, say, Is this my daughter? It can't be. My daughter is in the house. And when he got to the house, the daughter is deep asleep because he just slept now. And he shows the mother and says, Ma, look at this. And he says, I was caught red-handed. I couldn't deny it was not me. And you know, the news people, they even write the name. Lovers of what? Pleasure. For a season, you will enjoy the pleasures of sin, but sin will eat you. You see, when you are young, time seems like you have it. The unfortunate part of it for some of us who are extremely wild is that some of the choices we have made now, they will eat us later in life. Our inability to be grounded and rooted makes us to be lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. I always say to people, live long, let me live long. Let's see your wildness where it will end. You are not the first one. We can detect, we can tell you where you will end. You can live a secret life. Have you heard the secret life of the four-year-olds? They show you the secret life of cats. How they live when nobody's watching. They bring snakes in the house. They bring rats. You don't know. Your cat is dangerous. Yes. They bring things in the house while you don't see. They do all of these things and you are shocked. Is it really true? Yes, it's true. So when you come, come to church with a very clear mind. I, I've come here so that I can become a better person. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we have come here for God to help us. Hallelujah. We have a form of godliness. He says the traitors, heavy, high-headed, lovers of pleasure and uh, uh, modern lovers of God. Can we continue, please? Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such tether way. Listen, the stony people are not fully committed. They want to do what they want to do. And lastly, tribulations, persecutions arise, and they fall or fail. Don't forget, in life, difficulty, persecution, hardship is what makes us to be the people that we are. Anyone who doesn't experience hardship will fail in life. There is a story that is told of a boy who was passing with his dad and he saw a butterfly coming out of the cocoon. He looked at it and he saw that it was struggling one wing was out and the other wing was still caught. Uh, the, the, the butterfly was struggling to come out. And the boy felt deep down in his heart, let me help this butterfly. And so he unwrapped and teared the cocoon so that the butterfly comes out. The butterfly came out. They traveled with the father. When they came back, he realized the butterfly that he thought he was helping was still in the same position. And the father said to him, you have to understand that for the butterfly wing to be fully uh, 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 unfolded, it needed the resistance of the cocoon. As it's struggling, it's pushing some fluid like hydraulics. 
into the wing to stretch it. Now you have taken the resistance away, and therefore this thing will not be able to fly at any time because you have taken away its resistance. Listen, difficulty comes. If you are saying, oh, in the church they spoke about me, who did you expect us to talk about? We'll talk about your hairstyle. We'll talk about your dress. Is that fine? We'll talk about how much you eat. We'll even take a picture of the food you were eating to prove to others that we are telling the truth. When you are asleep, we'll take a picture of you with your mouth wide open to prove to people. When you snore, we'll take a tape of you. I've taken people sleeping, snoring, who always claim they don't snore themselves. And so I prove, I, I press. And then when they wake up, I say, uh, listen to yourself. Uh, you are snoring as well. So leave me alone when I snore. Uh, that is my time, but you do snore as well. Is that fine? So my challenge to you is that tribulation and hardship will come. You don't quit church because things are not working. Grow and mature in your ways with God. If you grow and mature, you'll be a better Christian. Don't be a Christian who's committed I always say, if the pastor dies, the church is dead with the pastor. Because you came for the pastor, not for the scriptures to learn and to grow, to become a Christian. I don't know you understand. I don't know if you understand. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. It says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit this to faithful men will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must enjoy hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Hallelujah. So you must be strong. You must make a decision. I'm going to fight my sexual desire. All of us here have a sexual desire. Or maybe some of you are more angelic than some of us. But everybody here, you have to learn. We teach the same thing. If you sleep around, you are stealing from yourself. But I know it doesn't make sense. Because somebody says, sex is the highest pleasure. And I said, sex has, has a power to destroy human life. Most people are unhappy because of the bad choices they make sexually. But to somebody. So you have to contain yourself not to be a shallow Christian. You are only taken by your feelings. How you feel, you respond to the feeling that you have. If that is the case, then we will fail to fulfill our mandate and our mission. Maybe you love food. I like, I like food. I love food a lot. I cook food. I cook for myself. If you don't cook, I cook. But I cannot allow my mouth to eat me away. Am I to somebody? There are things I like. I like chocolate cake. Literally, I can eat the whole of it. One man. I can start now by evening is done. Am I to somebody? I like chocolate. I buy, I buy chocolate, the big one. It's about maybe a kilometer or so in my car from the shop to my house. By the time I open the gate, I'm eating the last part. You know, I want to eat it. I want to feel it everywhere in my mouth. 
Not this one, one like other people. I'm eating chocolate. I say, we haven't started. <laughs> but but I, cannot, I cannot allow myself. I will eat chocolate once in a while. I cannot go and buy uh, cake every day. Because I know it's going to spoil me. It's going to create problems. So you cannot allow your inconsistencies. You are fighting with everybody else. You can't tell me everybody's fighting you in the church. At home, your mother, your brother, everybody. Something's wrong with you. So you must be rooted and grounded. Offense come to make us strong. Don't allow the offense to take you away. I spoke about this the past few weeks that we are told that an average Christian changes church 10 times in their lifetime. By the time they turn 60, 65, they've been in church 10 times. In other words, they've been in church every three, four years they leave. That is why we are not growing. That's why we are not rooted and grounded in anything significant. A little thing that is said about you, you are angry. Grow. Allow yourself to be fully grounded and rooted. Fight your old lifestyle. Move away from your old friends. Some of you, your problem is your friends. They have deceived you. You go with your friends because he's spending money on you. You are staying in a flat with a boy because you are paying with your body. No, it's true. Master Lisani in the city here in Pretoria is because the girl doesn't want to pay or has no money or she has chosen not to pay. Am I talking to somebody? I'm talking school children. I'm not even talking about the working people. I'm talking there's a boy and a girl. They are sharing a room. And I think I'm talking to somebody here. No, it's a serious issue. It's a serious issue. You have to contain your vessel. You have to have power over yourself. You have to make the decision. It's a difficult choice I've taken, but I'm willing to walk through my choice. When we got born again in our day, we were given three months. They say in three months, you will backslide. Three months pass, they say we give you a year. A year pass, they say two years, you can, 24 months, we'll see. Then 24 months pass, they say, we give you three years. Everybody has fallen flat after three years. It's 37 years after. I'm still here. There is no girl who can say, I abused her. I touched her unrighteously. Never. I've never done it. And I have no plans to do it. You have to make... Is there a desire? Do we have all those desires? If you are normal, you'll have those desires. Your mind will want to go astray. But you contain your mind. You tell your mind, this is not what you are going to think. The company you keep, if they erase these things, you should be able to say, no, I'm not a stony Christian. I'm a grounded and rooted Christian. I'm a good soil Christian. You tell me a secret, I will not tell about it. You come to me, we will grow together, but I will not take advantage of you. I will not borrow your money and not pay. I have a good character. I have integrity. Not like some of us who say we are Christian and we owe everybody else. You have come, you have come here because you finished the other church. <laughs> I remember we had, we, had, we, had, we had one young man who was a, 
a seller. He was selling jewelry and things. And so he sold us some few jewelry and he moved to another church that we are working very close. So then he came back. I say, I was in that church. The message you are preaching is almost the same. And then I realized, okay, so you realize now you have finished us here. <laughs> so you're going to another church to try and increase your clientele. Yes, and I told him, I said, it's a wicked thing to do. There's nothing wrong for you to go and sell, but I think you're abusing the church. You know, contain yourself. Contain your desires. Keep company with Christians. Remain teachable. Jesus said, not my will, but your will, O God. And that is the same challenge that I want to give to you. Can we pray together? Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I want you to pray for yourself. Lord, help me not to be a wayside Christian, a person who has no one to speak into spiritually. In the church here, we have shepherds. We have got cell leaders who will tell you, let's go to church. Let's go and pray. Sometimes it looks like it's boring, but something good is happening. Don't be a stony, uh, a shallow Christian who only excited if there is a conference, a guest speaker has come, but uh, when you are supposed to be fully committed, uh, you don't come. You are going around from house to house. I want to challenge you to pray for yourself. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Even this, uh, this morning, we thank you, Father, for the privilege we have to share the word of God together. We thank you, Father, for the grace that has been extended to us, that Christ came and died for us, that through his death we may have life that is better. We refuse to be, uh, by the way, Christians, Christians who are not covered, Christians who are not under authority. We refuse, Father, to be shallow Christians, on the rocky place. We are not grounded and rooted. Father, we pray, help us to choose good friends, men and women who will guide us, that as the year starts, Father, we will make our decision to have a long-term commitment, Father, to understand the call of God upon our life. We pray for ourselves, and Lord, we pray, help us to choose friends. Help us, oh Father, to choose the company we keep. We pray even today, help us with our integrity, that, Lord, we will be truthful, we'll be honest to ourselves and to those that we live with. We thank you, Father, for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. While all eyes are closed and all heads are bowed, maybe you are here. Jesus, in the book of John, uh, in the book of Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, all you who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are here because we want God's help. We are here because we have received God's help. And I want to pray together with you. Maybe as a person you have been struggling with your own life. You are struggling to make sense of your life. You have tried. As the year starts, you have made a commitment, Lord, Help me that my life may change. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He says, Satan has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I want to pray together with you. If you are here today, you say, Pastor, pray with me. I want my sins to be forgiven. 
I want to be a child of God. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to pray together with you. Lift up your hand right now and we'll pray together. Thank you for joining us with Apostle Vincent Luarte. For more life-transforming messages, connect with us on Twitter at ECCRSA and our YouTube channel at Emmanuel Christian Church HOJ.